Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. DIY Money. Sultry today. Sultry. You see any good movies lately? No, I don't really watch movies at all anymore. I watch movies on planes. Okay. I, well, actually, that's not true. I do watch a lot of movies on planes, but I am going to watch from the comfort of my couch, Redeem Team. It's about the Never Dream Team, the all Amer- or the Olympic team um, back in the day. Anyways, I can't wait to watch it. I saw <laughs> the previews on Netflix. It looks amazing. Uh, but on a plane recently, I did watch Elvis. Okay. It was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. It's where Tom Hanks plays the, you know, his his manager. Um, anyways, I didn't. I didn't even know that existed. Oh, so good. I, so I highly recommend it. It's an excellent, excellent movie. Um, all right, podcast at diymoney.org. Podcast at diymoney.org. That is where you send voice memo questions that we will use on the show. So the content of our show, as you know, are questions from you, the listening audience. And so when we get a question. Uh, we look at it and we say, okay, this is a great question. We put it into the show, and then we send that person a $25 Amazon gift card. That Amazon gift card can be used for whatever you want on Amazon. So it's really simple. But the show only works if we get those questions. So please do keep those questions coming. Send them to podcast at DIYmoney.org. Most questions are around a minute in length, so if you can keep it that time frame, it would be great. We really appreciate it. What else? That's it. That's it. All right, let's go to our next question today. We've got a question from Christine. Christine, what do you got? DIY! Hello, DIY money. I am 50 years old and working full-time. I plan to work for another 6 to 10 years. My question has to do with my retirement accounts. I currently have $750,000 in a pre-tax rollover IRA. And I also have an additional $20,000 after tax in that IRA. I'm considering rolling all the pre-tax dollars into my employer's defined contribution 401k plan and then converting the residual post-tax funds to a Roth, thus eliminating pro rata concerns. I'm not concerned about investment options in my 401k plan, and I've been advised that there are no annual fees in the defined contribution plan as well. I'm wondering if this is a good move or what other factors I should consider in addition to the fees and the investment options. I hope I've given you enough information. Thank you for your time. Okay, great question. I used this question uh, to discuss a little bit of a strategy that I think she might be alluding to, but maybe not. But I want to kick it around a little bit because what I didn't understand is, um, in I, I all the everything she make makes sense. She's got an IRA. She's got pre tax and post tax contribution amounts in the IRA. Okay, makes sense. So she wants to make the turn the IRA uh, back into her company four hundred one k. So move the that tax back. deferred portion. Yeah, yeah. Mac, move. That's right. Move the tax deferred portion back into the company four hundred one k. Makes sense. And then take the after tax and move it to the Roth. But what I guess I didn't understand is if if she didn't do that, 
can't she still just move that portion to the Roth? Why did she mention the pro rata concern? I, I mean, I know why the strategy I'm thinking about regarding pro rata concern, but is there a pro rata concern regarding that? Yeah, there should be. I mean, when you do a Roth conversion, all of the accounts are looked at as a pro rata rule. So it would be the it would take the ratioed amount of what she has in tax deferred versus tax free. And that's so she'd have to pay tax on a portion. What she's saying is she wants to only roll over the part that she would not have to pay. So tax on. if she had, let's just call it a hundred thousand dollars, and fifty thousand mm-hmm. was was tax deferred, and fifty thousand was raw was after tax. If she did all of the fifty thousand, what you're saying is because that was fifty percent of what was out, she would still have to pay tax on fifty percent of the money. Yes. So so even then, when she converted the remaining amount. Would she then get a break on the other half that since she already paid tax? When she converted the other amount, so let's say that let's say that a year later, if you end up doing all of it, then the net effect will be the same. So she does get a break. So meaning, Mm. meaning, okay, yeah. So so she has fifty thousand that's Mm -hmm. traditional tax deferred, fifty thousand that's after tax. If she does fifty thousand, oh, I see. This what you're year, saying. then you're going to get twenty five and twenty five. So twenty five and twenty five. So it's not going to be able to separate. She's not earmarking and saying, "I want this 50. Yeah, when you're doing Roth conversions, you can't it's pick and looking choose at everything. What you've done, yeah, it's uh, the IRS looks at your IRAs as a whole and says, "This is fifty thousand, whether it's tax deferred or not. It's we're doing fifty fifty pro rata." Okay. Yes. That makes and sense. So, but if she can move her, yeah, just the tax deferred portion back to the four hundred one k, hang on to the tax free portion, and all the record keeping and everything lines up, then in theory, yes, you can then move the tax free portion into a Roth, not pay anything for the conversion. So the strategy makes perfect sense. So it's back to a Roth, is what she's talking. about. That's all you had to say. I was thinking about it in this in this way. Uh, so first of all, yeah, I think the strategy makes a lot of sense, Christine. And again, it's what. When we encounter people, and this isn't right for everybody, and it doesn't work for everybody, and sometimes the people think that there's this this unbelievable benefit, and sometimes it it there isn't. But nonetheless, um, what what I was thinking about regarding the pro rata is when you're looking at a backdoor Roth can uh, Roth uh, funding a back funding a Roth IRA through sort of a backdoor method, and what that means is is that there's an income level cap for contributing to a Roth. And so some people, what they will look at doing is they will look at making a non-deductible IRA contribution, which there is no limit for. You just don't get the deduction. So you can make a contribution to an IRA. It is what's considered basically a non-deductible contribution, so you don't get the tax deduction for it. And then you can convert that to a Roth, which is effectively what you're doing, and you don't pay taxes on the conversion since you didn't get the tax deduction on the contribution. So let me say that again. You don't pay tax on the conversion since you didn't get the deduction on the contribution. The challenge is when you have monies in other IRAs, the United States IRS says, I guess that's the only place in the I mean, there might be an IRS IRS. elsewhere. (laughs) The IRS says, oh, since you have a $40,000 IRA and you have this $7,000, you know, other portion that you're trying to convert, this is a small 
percentage of the overall $47,000 that's in the cumulative total. So you're only going to get a tax-free amount on whatever that percentage is. So that's a backdoor Roth. And what we typically would do, if it makes sense for the person, and I really, I'm trying to choose my words very carefully because there are people who say, oh, you know, I should do a backdoor Roth. I need to move everything into a 401k. Well, sometimes it just doesn't, it's just, it, it's not one size fits all. So what ultimately can happen is we say to someone, okay, you have this IRA, let's move it back into a company 401k so that we can do these Roth backdoor Roths. I think in your situation, unless there's something I don't know about, uh, this strategy makes sense. There's a lot we don't know about. There's a lot. You've heard everything we know. Yeah. Uh, You did mention that there's no limit for non-deductible contributions, but in the IRA, they are limited to the same annual limits as IRA contributions. So keep that in mind. Uh, It's in the 401k that a non-deductible contribution uh, you can do quite a bit with. So that's uh, typically what you'll see is people utilizing their 401k, which it sounds like in this case probably was what happened at a previous employer. A lot of money was contributed into the 401k. Some of that was contributed as uh, non-deductible contributions, and then that was rolled out uh, between uh, employers or whatever. So uh, yeah, keep that in mind. It it, it can be a great strategy for those who it fits with. um, But at that point, you probably need to look at what's the overall financial plan and make sure that you're not putting far too much in future retirement funds and underfunding your current goals pre-retirement is the only thing to think through or one of the things to think through. Excellent. I mean, again, this is similar to Aiden's question and the strategies within savings and investing. And unfortunately, a lot of it has to do with taxes. It, it is unfortunate, but it's this kind of game of cat and mouse. And it, it yeah, I mean, you could always just say, forget it, I'm going to save as much as possible in my 401k and not worry about it. But there are these strategies that you can utilize so that when you wake up one day and you're in your 60s, assuming you've been a disciplined saver, you have different buckets to pull from that basically allow you to control your tax situation or to be in much more control of your tax situation. I've seen a lot of people, especially high earners, who funnel all of their money into these tax-deferred plans, and then it comes time to taking them out, or, heaven forbid, they wait all the way up until they're 72 because they just didn't want to touch it, let it grow, and now their required minimum distributions put them in a higher tax bracket than when they were working. It's unbelievable. And then when they pass away, this thing goes on to their kids, and the kids have to take it out in 10 years. So it's kind of like a little bit of estate planning, even when you think, maybe I don't have an estate to plan for yet. These are things you need to be thinking about down the road. And you can get into the weeds with this stuff. And I'm not saying to overcomplicate. Mind you, we're not talking much about overcomplicating the investment process. We're not talking about that at all. But setting up the accounts, where to position money, how to move money among those accounts is absolutely critical. And I said this on the last um, episode, and I'm going to say it again. 
and it really is just coincidence. But these are the times when you might want to engage an advisor. You might want to you know, get on the, the horn or uh, set up a Zoom call. I mean, it's one of the reasons we're, we're starting to work with more and more people all throughout the country. I, I, it is amazing to me that no longer are we geographically bound to, to the state of Kentucky. We're working with almost, I don't know, maybe we're in every 50 states. I, I have no idea yet. I don't know. We don't have any Alaska and Hawaii. Well, actually, we do have somebody in Alaska, or we were talking to somebody in Alaska. I don't know. But That's right. That's right. We're bad. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. right. Uh, nonetheless, we're working with a majority of, of people all throughout the United States because we do Zooms, and we're happy to handle it through technology. But if there's somebody in your area that you're comfortable with, you know, again, communicate with them. Tell them your situation. But I think no longer is this just, oh, I'm 65, I need an advisor now. I, 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 don't, I think if you're 35 and you're planning appropriately, it might be time to engage an advisor. I, I've changed completely on this, even since we've started DIY Money. I, I, I feel like more and more when we talk to people, the complexity of situation, especially taxes, are changing so dramatically. And it's like you kind of throw up your hands and like, yeah, you need an advisor. <laughs> I'm going to have to talk to you privately, that kind of thing. I don't know you anymore. You're breaking my heart. You're going down a path I can't follow. All right. What else we got? Anything else? It was a great question. I appreciate it. We'll send you $25 Amazon gift card. There you go. Booyah. Just uh, saw a headline. Treasury Department sold almost a billion dollars of Series I bonds right before the deadline. Of course they did. That's why so their site crashed. Poor Treasury Department losing money on It's unbelievable. On that. I mean, come Whoever on. invented those, what, 10 or 20 years ago was like, oh, let's peg this to inflation. It'll be great. Yep. Savers will save and inflation will never be high. We'll run a mint on this. Yep. And guess what? What? Now a billion dollars at 9% at least in one year, right? 6 is, months, yeah, guaranteed. What, 90 million dollars. Nice. Yeah, wonderful. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I great. I I got money in I bonds. That's wonderful, but we can't afford it. Uh, anyways, all right, friends. Uh, secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Do so very wisely. And, you know, obviously analyze where you're doing that. I think that's critical. And do it for a very, very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decisions, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.